Welcome to the ministry of Gene Fraser. We trust that the word you're about to hear will have a transforming effect on your life. Now, here's Gene with today's message. Like sometimes I'll just hear something, not with my physical ear, in your heart. You hear something he's saying. And immediately I just thought, fearless, from slavery to bravery. So that word, that definition of fearless means without fear. Or we could say bold or brave. Some synonyms I looked up, I love these. Courageous or gutsy. Come on, do I got some gutsy gals and guys in the house today? That's who, but you know what? That's who we are because the greater one lives inside of us and he is the fearless one. So you could say the fearless one lives in me. Why don't you say that? The fearless one lives in me. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. You know, and in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible tells us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now that's something some of you might know. Some people need to be reminded and some people might not even know, know that yet, that you need to understand fear is a spirit. Now it comes on us like as a feeling, we can feel like we're afraid, but we need to understand it, it originates in the spirit. And it is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Aren't you glad? Aren't you so thankful that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear? He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's, but it says there, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't know about you, but I know about me. I want to grow greater. When I understand something that God hasn't given me something, I don't need to take it. Now, it doesn't mean it won't try to be handed to me. It doesn't mean it won't try and be given to me. It, might, it doesn't mean it might try to come on me. But glory to God, I can say, nope, spirit of fear here. No, 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 no. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. You don't belong here on me. So we have the whole, as born again Christians, believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us. So the spirit, that spirit of fear can't get in us. It tries to come on us or tries to get on you, you know, um, through circumstances, through reports uh, from the doctor, um, through what people would say, through what the media, all of those things, right? It tries to, from without, it would try to come on us. But within, glory to God, we have the Holy Spirit. We have that spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Everybody say sound mind. That doesn't sound like fear to me. Does it sound like fear to you? No. So he hasn't given us it. So bless God, we ain't receiving it. And that's just the way it is. Well, great. Glad everyone came. Be blessed. Could we not leave already? I mean, truly. Even the songs, you know, that we were were praising and worshiping the Lord with, that last one. What a declaration. I hope all of you were singing it and not just being an entertain. We're not entertaining around here. Amen. I hope you were singing it because if you weren't, guess what? You missed out on a grand opportunity to make some declarations out there. Glory to God. We're not just singing. So many times the words that we're singing around here, we're declaring them glory to God. We're declaring them over our life. We're declaring them in our life. Don't miss out on the opportunity. But then also don't leave just the opportunity here. Do it at home too. Do it in your car. Come on, every single one of you. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. And, you know, I think about it sometimes, you know, there's people out there and and I think I probably was like that before I was born again. But, you know, uh, sometimes I see some people that are born again like this and I'm thinking, no, don't don't do that. It's dangerous. But it's like, you know, did you ever think about that that rush of fear? You know, have you ever, you know, you would watch a scary movie. You know, and people that are watching scary movies, it's like, why are you doing that? There's something about you. It's like you're looking for that rush of fear. What about going on um, some, give me the name of a real crazy amusement roller coaster ride. The Beast. Oh, my Lord, Jesus. The Beast. But why do people want to ride that? 
I think a lot of times it's like they're looking for that rush of fear. Now, they might not say, hey, I'm looking for a rush of fear. No, but they're looking for that rush, looking for that thrill. But you know what? I say about us, and, and, and think about it. So they watch it in movies. They ride it at amusement parks just to get that rush. But I don't know about you, but I want us to have that rush of faith. The opposite of fear is faith. I want us to have that rush of faith. Man, I want us to read it in the Bible, glory to God. I want us to watch it in the stories that really, really happened in the Bible. I want us to walk in it. I want us to conquer with it. That rush of faith. It's a rush. Come on, have you ever been in a faith fight and it turned out all right? Come on, it's a rush, isn't it? It's a rush. Now, it felt like a push as you're pushing through, but it comes out all right. You just do what you're supposed to do. And it turns out just right as you stay in that fight, knowing God's going to see me through. That's faith. You looking for a faith rush? Come on. I'd rather look for a faith rush than a fear rush any day. And I love this scripture. They're going to put it up in the Amplified. Luke chapter 1, in verse 73, 74. I love it in the Amplified. I found this. And I want us to read it. That covenant he sealed by, our oath, by oath to our forefather Abraham to grant us that we, that's speaking of us, that we being delivered from the hand of our foes might what? Serve him fearlessly. God's looking for us to serve him fearlessly. You know, yeah, I know. God's looking for me to serve him. That's right. He's looking for me to serve him. But even more than that, he's looking for you to serve him fearlessly. Because I believe the more fearless we are, the more we can do for our God. Because why is that? The more courageous we're going to be to step out and see God fulfill our destiny and what he's got planned for you and me. Amen. Those things, those those, um, giants that might come up in front of you, you don't be intimidated by them. Fear would back down. That's, that's slavery. No, no, no. We rise up in bravery, glory to God, with that spirit of faith, and we overtake the enemy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's just what we do. You know why? Because that's just who we are. You know why? Because that's just who he is in me, and that's who he is in you too. What can you say? Hallelujah. So I want to read this scripture over, over in Romans chapter 8. Just a few scriptures want to show you. It says there, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Just like we heard, hey, he didn't give me a spirit of fear, so I'm not taking it. Over here we're finding out we didn't receive a spirit, the spirit of bondage again to fear. No, we received the spirit of adoption. So no spirit of fear here, but we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Listen to this in the Amplified. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery. We have not received a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship. Glory to God. We have received the spirit of adoption. We were orphans. We were lost. But praise God, Jesus died on the cross. Hallelujah. And we were raised with him when he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. You have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. It's a thrill living by faith. It's bondage living in fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We cannot be, and that, you know what that tells me? I can't be a child of God and a slave to fear at the same time. It cannot be. I'm a son, you see. It can't be. So then you think, well, then I'm, I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm a son of God. I know I'm a daughter of God. Well, then why do I deal with fear? Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> but remember, don't, don't, remember, that spirit is not in you. It tries to come on you. It tries to influence you with all its influences and circumstances all around you. But it ain't in you, church. And when we see it is when we'll believe it and when we'll be able to walk in it and f- serve him 
fearlessly. Glory to God. Mm. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. It'll try and come on you. You resist that spirit. You resist it. Just like you would resist any other spirit. Any spirit that is not of the Holy Spirit. Any spirit that is not of the Spirit of God. We are to resist. And sometimes it's going to take you. You need to continue to persist. But the last one standing is the one that'll win. And that's you and me. Because we have him. Amen. Will you be the last one standing? Come on. Shout out. I'm going to be the last one standing. We're not giving up. And I'm telling you, the Lord, the Spirit of God just so, and I don't like it. And I honestly, I'm just going to be candid with you right now for a moment. I've said it too much. But I would find myself saying, oh, I just give up. That's it. I can't do it. I give up. You think, well, what's the big deal? It's a big deal what's coming out of our mouth. Because what's coming out of our mouth is paving our road for life. It's a big deal. So I encourage you today. Don't ever let that come out of your mouth again. You think, well, how am I going to do that? The help of the Holy Spirit, just like me. I need him too. But don't ever let that come out of you. Because we're, we're telling that to ourselves. That I give up. We're hearing those words. So never again, in Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit will help you. We don't want to react to that spirit. Rather, we want to respond in faith. When things, when that spirit of fear tries to come with whatever it tries to come with, we don't want to react to it by getting in fear of it, right? Reacting in the flesh and thinking, oh, what am I going to do? We want to respond in faith. What does God say about this? What, what, what does God's word always got to come back to his word? Not what the, the general opinion is of the land. What does God's word say to my situation at hand? And let that be what you and I decree. I want to read Hebrews chapter 2. And this is um, in the English version. So you can read it up on the screen. Verse 14 and 15. Since the children, as he calls them, that's you and me, are people of flesh and blood, Jesus himself, come on, Jesus himself, became like them and shared their human nature. He did this so that through his death, he might destroy the devil who has the power over death. And in this way, set free those who were slaves all their lives because of the fear of death. Glory to God. And even now, though, that's why the world needs us. First of all, they need us, the ones that aren't Christians yet, not born again yet. Hey, I'd be afraid of dying too. Because you don't, you, at that moment, you don't know where you're going. Now, I thought I knew where I was going. But guess what? Just because you think something doesn't mean it's right. Revelation. I was pretty determined before I got born again. I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. I grew up in a very religious church. Didn't really go there much, just on Christmas and Easter and things, generally speaking. But I considered myself a good person. I mean, I never killed anybody. I never, you know, I was, I was morally good in my own eyes. And when I compared myself to the others of my age, even, I felt like I was, hey, I'm pretty good. But who knows, that doesn't measure up to Jesus. He's the one. And uh-uh-uh-uh. No, I wasn't good enough. Could never be good enough. But thank God for the day. Jesus came our way. Amen. And brought that revelation of salvation, glory to God. And from that moment on. So before then, you know, there's some people, they're afraid of dying. Because there's really that unsurety of knowing where are they going. And there's some people and it just... It hurts you, doesn't it? It just hurts you when there's, there's no faith of, of an afterlife. Of, there's no faith. And like they think they're just going to die and just be buried in the ground. And like that's the end of life. Church, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of really living. When we were born again, you need to understand you were set free. 
You were set free. We were slaves, but we were set free from that fear of death. So you think, wait, wait a minute, but now I'm, a born, I'm born again. And you know what? I'm st- I still deal with that fear of death. Well, guess what? That word fearless, when you think about it, think about it. It's like, who knows? You don't become fearless overnight. It's not, it, it, it's a growing process. And think about it, fear less. We fear less and less and less. And think about it. I believe a lot of us, and even as I was, you know, that song we were declaring, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And I bet you, I don't know about you, but I know about me the best, obviously. And so I'm, as I'm declaring that, there's sometimes, there's, there's things. I'll, I'll remember things. The Holy Spirit will bring something to my remembrance, how he set me free of this or how he set me free of that. But I know that I'm, it's not done yet. I know there's more things, but I can still stand and sing. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God because I know I've become fearless and I'm be growing and becoming more fearless and less and less and less. Amen. But we can have confidence and know there's already things I don't fear anymore. And so we can stand up and sing. I'm a child of God. Nothing to fear here. But all their lives, because of their fear of death, but there's no fear of death now. Now there's faith for salvation. There's faith for eternal life. You don't have to fear death. I mean, really, when you think about it, sometimes you're like, oh, we're, you know, someone, and I never say this word anymore. Even sometimes people say it like, you know, with my our mother-in-law, you know, oh, yeah, she died. And I mean, whenever I hear died, they moved. To me, honestly, it has become such a revelation. I'm so grateful to the Lord for that. But anytime I know when someone has what some people might call died, I know in my heart, it's like, they just moved. And if it's to heaven... I will surely see them again. This life is but a vapor, very quickly coming to an end. But one day soon, guys, we are all going to be together again. And what a glorious celebration it's going to be. Hallelujah. Of your loved ones that already passed over into eternity. But hey, what about Moses? What about Elijah and Elisha? What about David? What about Joshua and Caleb? What about all those other faith giants? Glory to God. We're going to see them too. Me and you. Wow. (laughs) Praise God. So there's no fear of death now. Because the worst thing that can happen is you leave your body and you're with him. Where's the fear there? The world will go on without you. And sometimes I won't ever feel funny about that again because you know what? When you have a revelation of eternity, especially if you know, now I'm not laughing in there. If I have a revelation that I know they went to hell or if I'm not sure, I won't, you won't find me laughing because I know they're not in that casket. I know they're somewhere. Where are they? That's why the world needs us to serve him fearlessly, courageously, so we can tell them, stop worrying about you and what you're going to say and what you're going to do. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about what he's done for you. You're the best one that can tell your testimony. It's true. I mean, I feel like the Spirit of God so wants to drive that into us every time I bring that up. It's like sometimes, I, I know because I've been there, done it. You feel like, well, I don't know what scriptures to share and I don't, I don't know what to say. You know your testimony. You know what he's brought you through. You know what he's delivered you from. You know some things, what he's done for you. That's your testimony. And you're the only one that can share it the best. So share it. So an example of this fear of death over, um, you know what, we're not going to turn there. I'm just going to say a few things here. But over in Luke 8, 22 through 25, that's the account where um, Jesus uh, and the disciples, they went out on the boat, remember? And uh, the disciples were gripped with fear. Remember that windstorm came and everything? So, you know, but I want you to remember, and you can read that later, but I want you to remember that he said to them, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. That's like as if in our day, now who knows, we don't have Jesus living with us physically. But we have what he said living with us all the time. So 
Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So what do you think that means? (laughs) They're going to cross over to the other side because Jesus said so. Who's to question Jesus? But what happened? Fear came and it was questioning Jesus. The windstorm came, you know, and and the wind was blowing and the waves were roaring. And what happened? And Jesus is over asleep. He's taking a nap. He's been working hard. He's trying to get a nap in. Fear woke him up. They come in, master, master, don't you care? We're, We're perishing. And Jesus got up and he rebuked that wind and that storm. And it was still. And then the Bible says he turned to his disciples and said, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Jesus was saying, I'm hearing fear here. I'm not hearing faith here. Where is your faith? Oh, I have faith. It's in my heart. Well, that faith needs to come out of your mouth. You know, sometimes we do. We have faith in our heart, but fear comes out of our mouth. What does that tell me? Fear's dominating. That's what that tells me. What's what coming out of our mouth is what really matters. We, to a certain degree, we have faith in our heart. But what's coming out of our mouth is going to determine what the outcome of our life. Trouble doesn't give you the right to get in fear. So you think, well, those disciples, come on, Pastor Gene. I mean, the boat was filling. and I mean, come on. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a little fear. Don't have to be. Don't have to be. Because remember that spirit of fear for us, it's not in us. Now it's trying to come on us. It's trying to speak to us to make us say something we don't want. Don't let it make you say it. So that you, it, now I'm not saying, you're going to feel feelings of fear. Oh my Lord, in my life, I've had feelings of fear. Come close. But I'll tell you, you get to a point, you become fearless and less and less. It looks like you're in such a, 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 a dire situation, but all through it, I just know I'm so blessed. <laughs> it's like there's no fear. My last situation, remember that? I mean, I mean, the Lord showed me the other day. I'm just going to brag on him a minute. He showed me. I had a, now, I knew this before, and I even said it to pastor, and we knew that. I don't know if we've even ever publicly spoke it, but I knew to a certain degree, you know, the, the devil tried taking me out. But I got a revelation of it the other day. I was sitting there as I was praying. And I'm telling you, and I, I called pastor because tears started flowing down my eyes. And I was filled with such gratefulness. I was just thanking the Lord. Because it, somehow I just, there was this revelation. He showed me the devil really tried taking me out. And it was just a revelation to me, this knowing that he really did try. But praise God, access was denied. And I'm telling you, I can tell you all through it all. You can get to the point where honestly, with the, the different things they were saying, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, I didn't fear. I didn't fear. I wasn't afraid. Now, what they were saying to me were fearful things, but I truly wasn't afraid. Where they're looking at me like, um, are you getting this? What we're trying to tell you? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. We can get to that point. But even if I wasn't to that point yet, as those things came, I could have been like, okay, well, that's what the doctors are, that's what they're saying. But God, hallelujah, but God, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I resist that spirit of fear. I rebuke that, and I could have resisted it. But it's like I didn't, it's like I didn't even need to resist, it seemed, because I was just laying there in such faith, knowing and not scared, not scared, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared that fear of death because I knew. And I think I actually said it to you one moment. But I remember if I didn't say it, I know I thought it. I was like, honey, you know what? Even if I did leave, I didn't say the word die. It's leave. I wouldn't have died. I would have just left here and gone there, (laughs) which is far better for me. But me being here is a little more needful for you. Amen. And for my family too. (laughs) Not that they can't do it without me, but I do know I make it a whole lot easier being here. Amen. And my husband said, hallelujah. So knowing he is with us, 
That's what's going to give us the confidence to serve him fearlessly. Knowing he's with us, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that simple revelation, if we just know he is with us wherever we go, how would we fear? There's no need for fear knowing he's with me right here. So it's a lack of revelation of knowing he's with us, which is what brings fear and lets it get upon us. Because it's like we're forgetting. We're forgetting who we are. Remember, we're forgetting I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. We're forgetting who we are. We're forgetting what we've been set free from. And we're forgetting the very one who is with us all along. The living Bible of that scripture says, yes, be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. Whew, I like that word banish. Listen, that word banish means forbid, get rid of. So we'll read it again. Yes, be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. For remember, everybody say remember. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Knowing he's with me, that alone will just banish. It'll get rid of that fear and doubt. Praise God. No fear here. No fear here. Doubt will cause you to fear. Faith is the opposite. Knowing God is truly with us will banish all that fear and all that doubt. Say, he's with me. He's with me wherever I go. He was with them on the boat. You think about it. He was with them on the boat. Jesus was, Jesus in flesh and blood was with them on the boat. And still, they're thinking, they're thinking like he's oblivious. He's over here sleeping and he's oblivious to what's happening. Guys, he's never oblivious to what is happening in our life. We think like he doesn't see it or like he's not aware of it or it's like he doesn't know what's going on in our soul. He knows. Talk to him about it. Let him help you work through it. He's right there. No fear. No fear. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1 through 4, I want to read this. When you go out to battle against your enemies, remember, we have battles. The Bible says that we, in this world, you're going to have tests and tribulations. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. All right? But he says, when you go out to battle against your enemies, we're like, Jesus, come on. Like, do we have to have battles? Can you make everybody my friend? Do I have to have enemies? Make them my friend, Jesus. When you, go, when you do, and you're going to go out to battle, baby. When you go out to battle against your enemies, you have enemies. And see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. Do not be afraid of them. Notice, and it says you'll see more people. The people, they're more numerous than you. So you're thinking, hey, wait, there's a lot of them. There's a little of me. Uh, what else could be? But otherwise, I'm dead. No. Greater is he who's with me. Don't look at the number that's with them. Time and time again in the Bible, the Lord was getting this over to his children. It's not about how many people are in their army and how many are in yours. It's not about that. Do not be afraid of them. I don't care how many there are. I don't care the list of the report the doctor gave you. I don't care what it is. He says, when that enemy comes out, when you go out to battle against your enemy and you see they're more numerous than you, do not be afraid. Remember, just because we're in a battle and we've got some enemies doesn't give us an excuse to be afraid. That's not an excuse. Now I have an excuse to be afraid. Well, you don't, you don't know what they said or look what they're planning on doing. I have an excuse to be afraid. We never have an excuse to be afraid. We're faith people. We serve a faith God. He's with us wherever we go. We're no longer a slave to fear. We're children of God. No excuse to ever be afraid. Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. It's like I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to bring you through. 
So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. I want to stop there. As I was reading this the other day, I saw a priest and I thought, I'm going to put pastor in there. So as we're going to read that again, and now I want you to know that I feel like this is, this is the purpose of today, me standing here before you, okay? And we're going to read this, and um, this is what God's saying, as if t- today, right now, right here, this is what he's saying. We're go- okay, you can put it up now. We're go- now, this is what the Lord is saying. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you... I'm telling you by the Lord, right? This is me speaking this to you, me, Pastor Gene, speaking this to you. Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest, that the pastor, shall approach and speak to the people. And she shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, hear, O life of faith, Bible church. Oh, mighty congregation upon the earth. Today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Even in our world today, all that's going on, we're on the verge of some things. But this isn't to make us afraid. Like he said, he's saying, I'm telling you these things, but he's like, don't be afraid. You're going out into battle. So that means there's going to be a battle. You do have enemies and there is a battle. But no, you're going out and don't be afraid. Don't let your heart faint. Don't be terrified because of them. Because of who? Because of your enemies. And why is that? Because we know for the Lord, your God, our God, is he who goes with us. And I love that. In some places it says he goes before you and things. But I love here it says he goes with you. It means like he expects you to go too. Together, the two of you. We go together. It's not like, okay, Lord, you go out ahead of me and you spy out the land. Let me know what's going on and see if I should follow you still. No. He's like, he's going with us. So picture that. He's going with you and me. Why? To fight our battle. So I'm not going to be the one who fights. Remember? We don't fight our battles. The Lord is the one who fights our battles. We're not dealing with flesh and blood. Even in this world we're living right now, all the things going on, People think they're dealing with politics and all sorts of... We're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're dealing with powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in this age, in this world. There's a lot more what's going on than what meets the eye and that's on the TV. But we know that he's going with us and he's going to fight for us. Well, what does that mean? What do I do then? I just follow him. I listen to him. But who knows, if he's going to fight for me, what does that mean? Am I going to just stand there and do nothing? No. But guess what? He's going to fight for me, through me, because he's with me. Did you get that? He's going to fight for me, through me, because he's with me. And why is he doing that? To save me. To save me. He wants to save us from this present evil, wicked, dark age. But we can't be afraid of the enemy. We can't be afraid of going into battle. And let's face it, it starts with the little things. Our little everyday mundane stuff going on in life. Allow the Spirit of God. Now, He has been training you and me. He has. 
Now, maybe today, I pray that you, you recognize now that training that has already been going on and let him continue on. And don't miss out on those opportunities of wonderful training that is given to us at times, but rather we stop and we, we stop it because we just end up complaining when all the while he's just endeavoring to get us some training. So even in the little things, he's training us, he's equipping us, he's preparing us. We're becoming fearless and less and less. So even in the little things, like, you know, don't, don't be afraid. And then teaching our children, you know, there's just so many different things about that that I don't want to talk about right now, but, you know, letting them keep the light on because they're afraid and these different things. There's, there's ways to work with them and help them through it, you know, because we don't, because fear is a very real thing. It's a real spirit. You notice the, 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 the spirits of this world are powerful when they're up against our natural. Ha, ha, ha. But the spirits of this world Hold nothing on us because of the spirit who is upon us and within us and leads us and guides us and help us to conquer glory to God. That little puny thing. (laughs) Second Chronicles chapter 32. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, so they're going to put it up on the screen. Verse 6 through 8. He appointed military officers over the people and asked them to assemble before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them with this address. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid of the king of Assyria or his mighty army. He's recognizing he has a mighty army, but don't be afraid of his mighty army for there is a power far greater on our side. Woo! You got to know this about you. That there is a power far greater on your side. He may have a great army, but they are just men. Just natural. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. These words greatly encouraged the people. Don't these words greatly encourage you people? There is a power far greater on our side. There is a power far greater on our side. You keep watching the news. You keep hearing the blues. Guess what? You're not, you're gonna, you're gonna end up in slavery and definitely not move on into bravery concerning your life. It matters what you're listening to. It matters who you're listening to. It matters what you're watching. It matters what you're partaking of. Here's an example of bravery. What about the 10 spies? Remember that story? The 10 spies, they were basically going to go into the, uh, you know, they're going to spy out the promised land, kind of check it out, see, hey, okay, is this good? Can we, we'll move everybody in or let's kind of spy it out. Let's see what's going on. 12 spies were sent Two of them were good spies. Ten of them, not so good spies. The two good ones were Joshua and Caleb. And basically, later on, you you read this. Numbers chapter 13, in verse 27 through 33. It is a powerful remembrance. You read that again. You, You look at that. Let the Lord speak to you concerning that. But basically, they're saying, okay, we went in. And, uh, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to read it. I feel like I need to read it. In verse 27, New King James. Then they told him, we'll pick it up here, and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Now, this is one of those 10 bad spies that are giving this report. He's saying, hey, it starts off positive. Truly, it it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, or we could say, but, you ever have those buts in there? But, you got the good news, but there's some bad news. But, The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land. And they're saying all these Canaanites and Jebus, all these Amorites, all these, they're they're big folk. 
And they just got that whole place surrounded all over the place. Is basically what he's saying. Verse 30, then Caleb, one of the good spies, right? Then Caleb quieted the people because the people were kind of getting in an uproar, being like, the people were in an uproar thinking, what, why, why am I, you know, what's going on? So verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. We are well able. This is what he said. We are well able to overcome it. Sounds like he knew that there's a power far greater on our side. Caleb knew there's a power far greater on our side. He says, we're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out and saying, the land through whom we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it were men of great stature. They're saying, we don't want to go there. They're all going to kill us. They're going to eat us alive. And verse 33, there we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, okay? And so there they saw these people were like giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. We saw ourselves as little grasshoppers as we looked up to these big giants. And it says, and so we were in their sight. So basically, the spies were looking like grasshoppers, not only to themselves, the 10 bad spies with the evil report, they were looking like grasshoppers. They, they knew they looked like grasshoppers to the giants and they were feeling like grasshoppers to the giants. They, they were looking like grasshoppers to themselves. Don't see yourself as a grasshopper. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Greater is he that is in you and me than he that is in the world. We are not grasshoppers. We are giants. We have a power that is far greater. So what if they look like grasshoppers? See, they didn't, it didn't have to go this way. Those 10 spies could have believed rightly, could have believed. So what if they, were, they look like a grasshopper in their sight? You know, the giants are looking, boy, those, those spies, they are grasshoppers in our sight. But as long as the spies didn't look like grasshoppers in their own sight, what's going to make all the difference? It makes all the difference how you and me see ourselves in a situation that would be. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as grasshopper? Standing against this big, huge giant? Or do you see yourself as giant looking down at that little grasshopper? It's perspective. It changes everything. So, Understand, it didn't matter if those giants looked at those spies as grasshoppers, as long as the spies didn't look at themselves as grasshoppers. And two of them didn't, Joshua and Caleb. Praise God. Now listen, there's another story, and we have time for this. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 32. Now this is David and Goliath, our second example of bravery. The first one was the 12 spies. The second one, just, I mean, there are, this book is filled with examples of bravery. Examples of ones that could have yielded to slavery, but they pressed on into bravery, knowing that there was a power that was with them, that was greater, that was coming against them. But this second example that I want to bring is David and Goliath. And I'm going to read it. For Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. Through 51. Now listen, we are going to read it and then we'll probably need to be done at that point. But I want us to read it because this really, it has so much in it. And a lot of times I know we um, hear about the story and kind of say things, but I just, this time I really felt impressed. I just want us to read it all together and I'm going to share some things through it. So then David said to Saul, let no man, okay, so basically what, what's going on here is um, David, he's a shepherd boy at this time. You know, he's a shepherd boy and his dad basically says, hey, go bring this. I think it was some food or some stuff over to your brothers who were going out. They were at war. 
And he's like, just go bring him some of this food, you know? And so David's like, all right. So he gets the stuff. He goes to the battle there. So David is seeing what's going on that, you know, there's Goliath there. There's these big guys and they're seeing like, hey, this don't look like a good match. You know, like (laughs) the enemy looks far greater than we do over here. It wasn't looking good. Okay. So they're kind of waiting. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, meaning Goliath, that army that defies the Lord. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now listen, David is a, is a youth. The Bible describes him as, as a young, ready, good-looking kid. He's standing here to the king, he, the, the leader of the army here, and he's telling him, don't let anybody's heart fail. I got this. And Saul said to David, verse 33, you are not able to go against the Philistine. Have we not just heard you are not able? Didn't we just hear you're not able? Remember the 10 spies? They come back saying, we are not able. We are not able. It's coming out of their own mouth. And in this situation, it's coming out of someone else's mouth. He's telling David, David's saying, come on, I got this. And he's saying, you are not able. He just takes one look at him and Tim's, you're not able, buddy, to go against this Philistine, to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. See how all those things don't matter. When you know that the power that is with you is greater. And really the Bible tells us when we're weak, that's when we're really strong. Because that's when the power of God comes upon us to get it done. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took out a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Man, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, that alone is like, hooray, David, good job. So at least two times he did this. He was a shepherd of the flock and at least twice, and who knows, it could have happened more. But at least one time he killed, a li- he killed a lion and he killed a bear basically with his bare hands. A youth killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. When was the last time you did? And think about it, who would be more gutsy, fearless, to do it than someone you think, doesn't know enough. And that's why they seem to be doing something stupid. When it looks stupid to the world, I'll bet you it's faith and gutsy for God many times. So he's basically telling them, I, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. He's telling them. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. So basically, David's telling Saul, I'm able to do this. It's like he's saying, I've done it before. I can do it again. This Philistine is just like the lion or the bear. Verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So he said the Lord, he's recognizing the Lord delivered him. Yet he just finished saying, your servant has killed both lion and bear. He said that in verse 36. He said, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And now in verse 37, he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. You see, he, David very much knew it wasn't just him that did that those days. He knew that power that was far greater was with him, but he knew he needed to do something about it. God delivered him by his hand as he reached out his hands and killed that lion and that bear. He needs our hands, but it's ultimately we're delivered by his hand as he uses our hands. It's through our hands. That's why he needs us. He wants us to fearlessly serve him. If someone, if David wasn't fearlessly serving the Lord, his God back then, he would never have done this. But he was gutsy. He was a gutsy kid, wasn't he? 
So notice in verse 30, yeah, okay. So Saul tried to, then Saul tried to give him his armor. And basically David's like, no, I can't walk with these. They're not tested, blah, blah, blah. So he's not taking that. So then in verse 40, we'll pick it up. So then David, he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had and a sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. I mean, does that not look stupid or what? It's like, kid, you're stupid. No, it's kid, you're fearless. You know who's with you. You know who's with you. You know who's leading you to do this. You know something we don't know. You see someone we don't see. You see victory. We just see me. You don't see yourself like a grasshopper. You see yourself like a giant. Even though that's the giant in the natural, Goliath was the giant. David was the grasshopper in this instance. But in David's eyes, he wasn't going... David was walking by faith, not by sight. If he walked by sight, he would have taken flight. Amen. He would have run fast away. But he looked at that giant, and it was like he was a grasshopper to him. But even all that, as long as David was a, was a giant in his own eyes, as long as he wasn't a grasshopper, if he, if he was a grasshopper in that giant, it wouldn't have worked. You see? You see how it works. So then here, it's like, it just put yourself, it's like this army and this Goliath, he's huge and he, he's over there and he's going to go. And it, verse 40, then he took his, and so, and then, so like I said, Saul's trying to give him all his armor and this, this protection, this skin of something that's like a protection from, from swords and spears and bullets and whatever, you know, and it's like, he's like, I, I can't, I can't do it. He just picked up the staff in his hand and he chose for him five smooth stones. <laughs> da, 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 da. So verse 41, so the Philistine came as he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David and the man who bore the shield went before him. So David's going out by himself, although not by himself at all, but Goliath is going out with someone in front of him with a shield to even hold things up before they even get to Goliath. David's going out looking like he's all by himself. But glory to God, David had a shield that they couldn't see or feel. The shield of the Lord, he will be your shield. Praise God. Haven't you heard of testimonies about different ones? Someone pulled a gun on them and it backfired or all these things. You think, how does that happen? It's miraculous. It's the supernatural. It's angels. It's God. Okay, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, in verse 42, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? He's looking at this little kid, like he's coming, like his little sling, you know, with his wooden pole. He's he's like, am I a, you're coming to me like I'm some little dog with some sticks, like you're going to hurt me. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Woo, that don't sound good, do it? Then David said to the Philistine, it's almost like he didn't have an ear to hear the fear. (laughs) Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, he didn't give himself a moment to ponder on what he just said and to think about that a little, how real that could really be in just a moment. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. Oh my. (laughs) But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You're in trouble, Goliath. You are in big trouble. Goliath don't know it yet. Goliath think he got this grasshopper pretty, pretty gone and done with. Goliath don't know what's coming. What could be coming? This little ruddy teenager kid. He's got a sling with a few stones and a... Goliath couldn't see who was really with David that day. 
David knew. And so confidently and fearlessly, he did it. An example for me and you. We can do it too. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. Head signifies authority. Goliath is kind of like the devil. David kind of represents the church and he's coming against him. And even it all looks, it looks like the enemy's got the upper hand, but (laughs) it turns out a little different. I'll strike you and I'll take your head from you. I'm going to take your authority from you. I'm not only going to kill you, I'm going to take your authority from you too. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp to the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Not there is a strong young man in Israel. God gets the glory in David's story. God gets the glory. We're finishing up here. Verse 47, then all this assembly shall I... Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it. Everybody say, slung it. He slung it. And struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. That sounds so supernatural to me, doesn't it? That's the supernatural working and power of God working. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran over, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head. So the same weapon that was meant to take out God's people was used to take out God's enemy. Hallelujah. That same weapon. David looked like a grasshopper to Goliath, but that giant Goliath looked like a grasshopper to David. Praise the Lord. Goliath was no match for the matchless one who was with David. Can you say amen? Amen. There's so many more things. Maybe we'll have a part two next week. Maybe not. But it's been good. Praise the Lord. Are you getting it? Fearless. From slavery to bravery. Just to say one more thing here. So with Joshua and Caleb and then with, um, with David, with Goliath, both of them were told they're not able. Right? And do you know why? They knew they, they were able, like we said, because the Lord was with them. And then a scripture that I want to close with right now is really what it all, it sums it up, is basically in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, or verse 7. It says, that's the scripture that says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Listen to that in the New Living Translation. It is not by force nor by strength. Haven't we learned that in those, only those two little examples of bravery, There's so many more in here telling this. It's not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And that Almighty, it's by his spirit. Why is it by his spirit? Because he gets the glory. In the English version, it says, you will succeed not by military might or by your own strength, but by my spirit. Praise God. One more time. You will succeed. Everybody say, I will succeed. But it's not by military might. And it's not by my own strength. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Fearless ones. Fearless ones. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Gene Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org or call 888-542-2555. You can hear more messages by Gene Fraser by going to her media page at genefraser.org. 
While you're there, you'll also find more information about Gene's bi-monthly ladies' Bible studies and a night in the glory ladies' meetings, as well as her annual You Glow Girl Ladies' Conference. That website, again, is genefraser.org. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win. 